Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Well, that video you just saw um, was the video that my children recorded to announce the closure of church uh, 14 weeks ago. And since that time, I think uh, all of us have become pretty proficient at washing our hands. In fact, you've probably seen signs. You've probably seen, uh, you know, notices on side of the doors of windows and things like that telling you to make sure that you wash and sanitize your hands before you enter into a particular facility. And the reason why we're all becoming aware of this hand sanitization is because there is a, a virus, the COVID-19 virus that is out in the world that has the ability to impact us in negative ways. And also we have the ability to transmit it to other people. So we're taking this hand washing thing seriously. And uh, since the COVID-19 virus, I've really been uh, learning about how I didn't wash my hands properly before this. Uh, I used to kind of just kind of scrub them like this, and uh, I didn't get between the fingers, and I often neglected the backs of my hands. And so uh, I've also been told that the way that you're to wash your hands is you have to wash them long enough. And so they told me to sing happy birthday, you know, so happy birthday, wait, happy birthday to me. I like to jazz it up a bit. Happy birthday to me. It's really awkward if you're in a public restroom and someone walks in and you're singing to yourself, but no judgment, no judgment. We're all very, very, very keen uh, to make sure that we are washing and cleansing our hands. And that all makes sense. Uh, but today I want to show you a passage of scripture that I read earlier this week that just kind of leapt off the page. And I thought I, I would share uh, this message with you. James uh, chapter four and verse nine says this, cleanse or wash your hands, you sinners. And I want to stop there for just a second because when James says this, he's obviously not talking about hand sanitizer. He's actually talking about cleansing our external actions, behaviors, the way we speak, the way we treat other people, that we're to cleanse our lives. We're to clean our lives up. And of course, we all understand that. And we know how to wash our hands and our bodies. We know how to clean up our act, so to speak. We know how to uh, not be angry and not say harsh things. We know how to be kind. We know how to do that if we choose to. But James doesn't stop with just clean the exterior of the cup. He actually is going to take us to the next step, which is, I think, more significant, which is to clean the inside of the cup. And here's how he puts it. He says, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James says, not only should we clean the exterior our behaviors, how we treat people, sinful, all that stuff. But we should also be taking a look at the inside of the cup to purify our hearts. Now, when we use the word heart, we kind of use it in two ways. The, the, the one way that we often use is to talk about the physical heart, our, the pump that's in our chest. It's very important, by the way, and that it's pumping blood through our body, which helps to keep us alive. So there's that. The other way we use the word heart and the way we think about it is that the heart is your soul, your thoughts, your will, your emotion, your passions, the, the real you. And, and so we use the word in that way. So you might say uh, to somebody, oh, Rick used to volunteer for 10 years and then he lost his heart for that. What are we talking about? He lost his passion 
right? Something's changed on the inside. Or you could say something like, hey, we dated for two years and then she broke it off suddenly and broke my heart. What are we talking about? We're talking about emotions now. Or uh, you could say he did the right thing, but he did it with the wrong heart. And we're talking now about motives. Or you could say, I love you with all my heart. Now we're not talking about the physical organ. That would be very messy. Okay. We're talking uh, about loving someone with all of who we are, our complete soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, all of that. And you know, in the ancient world, uh, specifically in ancient Egypt, when they used to mummify the pharaohs, and some of you learned about this in school, they would take out many of the organs and put them in little jars, you know, organize them neatly. Uh, But they would always leave the heart inside the body when they mummified someone. And the reason why is because they believed that the physical organ in the chest actually contained the soul, or at least a part of the soul of the person. And they wanted the soul to go with the body into the afterlife. And that idea of our heart being here is we still kind of talk about it like, oh man, that touched my, that touched my heart. And when the Bible speaks about the heart, which we're going to look at today, uh, the Bible actually uses the word heart over a thousand times. And almost all of them are, are referring to your soul, your will, your thoughts, your passions, and not your physical organ. And so today I wanted to ask you a question. And here's the question. How's your heart doing? And when, when I ask you that question, something should come to mind. The first thing you should respond would be to say, which heart are you talking about? Right? How's your heart doing? This physical organ? Oh, maybe it's, it's, it's 120 over 80, my blood pressure, everything's great. In my heart, it's healthy. The valves are all working well. But what about the other heart? What about your soul? How's your soul doing? Right? Because there are people walking around with healthy physical hearts but their other heart, the more significant one in my view, is, is experiencing cardiac arrest and is experiencing great difficulty, stress. So how's your heart doing? How's your heart doing? It's possible to have a, a ticker in your chest that isn't quite working well, but you can have a soul that is thriving and peaceful and full of joy and hope. So how's, how's your heart? How's your heart doing? Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else. Above all else, I want to stop there for just a second because this is so important. Above all else, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you should think about is your heart. And we're tempted when we wake up in the morning to check on the kids. How are the kids doing? Or to check on our spouse. How did you sleep? No, you probably know how they slept because they snored all night and kept you up, right? Or maybe you want to open up your phone and check your investment portfolio. Or maybe you want to walk over to the mirror and brush your hair and make sure you, you look good. And above all else, am I beautiful? But Solomon says, above all else, guard your what? Your heart. And and again, he's not talking about the organ in our chest. I mean, it's eat your fish oil and your vitamins, eat heart healthy food, exercise, sleep well, all that stuff is super important, but that's not the heart he's talking about. Solomon is saying, guard your heart, guard this, your mind, your soul, your passions, your desires that are inside you. And here's why. He says, for everything you do flows from it out of your heart. That's, that's a big deal. In the old King James, it it says it like this. It says that out of your heart flow, the issues, the issues, what a strange word, the issues of life. Uh, If you're sitting there, I want you to respond. You can put up one hand. If you say, yes, pastor, I have issues. Okay. So you put up a hand. If that's you, go ahead and put that up. You can raise the other hand. If you're sitting near one of your issues and hopefully I'm not getting anyone into too much trouble, but the bottom line is we all have issues. 
And for many of us, we're tempted to think that our issue is out there. It's, it's the culture. The issue is the government. The issue is a political party. The issue is my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my kids, my brother, my friends, the bully. And, and of course, those are issues. But the biggest issue and the most significant thing we need to work on and guard is what? Our hearts. Not, not this, this, our heart. Because out of our heart, everything flows. Jesus in Matthew 15 is going to um, reference this, this whole scenario because... Um, the Jewish people were very, very, very committed to ceremonially washing their hands, not only before they worshiped, but also washing their hands before they eat. So they were, they would cleanse their hands ritually before they would eat anything, you know? So they would do this whole hand cleansing thing, uh, like many of us are doing now with coronavirus. And so they would be doing their hand cleansing. And on this one occasion, the disciples of Jesus, uh, they, they didn't do that. It's like, wow. Uh, the religious leaders see this and they approach Jesus about it. And here's Jesus' response, Matthew 15, 11. It's not what goes into the mouth. In other words, not external, that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. So he says, we're all focused on the external. Well, what about, what if this virus that's out there gets in here? And Jesus is like, actually, we should be more concerned about a virus in here getting out there. That what proceeds out of the heart is really significant. And they didn't really understand all this, the way I'm explaining it to you. And so Jesus would later, a few verses later, describe it to his disciples in this way. He says, for out of the heart, out of the heart come, and this is how we know he's talking about this and not this, out of the heart come evil thoughts. Evil thoughts. And, and all of us have them. And those evil thoughts, he said, will ultimately produce murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. In other words, all the, the negative things that we're trying not to do, they actually start right here in our heart. He says, these are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands, the external, does not defile anyone. Now, is Jesus saying, don't wash your hands? Don't wear a mask? Christians don't need to do that? Of course not. What Jesus is saying is, while yes, we can be concerned about external threats, physical threats. Uh, yes, we can be concerned with that. Yes, we can clean. But ultimately, that's not the greatest threat. I mean, you might get food poisoning. You might even get coronavirus. And you could even die. But what about the condition of your soul that will live forever? What about that? So Jesus tells us, hey, we need to pay attention to our heart. And I guess this is the, the point I wanted to share with you. And then we're going to get practical. That the condition of your heart this is the big idea for my message. The condition of your, everybody grab your head, put your hands on your head, okay? The condition of your heart will ultimately impact every single area of your life. And if you believe that, then you'll begin to guard and protect what goes on right here. So here's the question though. How do we do that, right? If you say, you know what? My soul is not doing very well. How do you purify your heart? How do you cleanse your soul? How do you, I mean, we know how to wash our hands. I, you know, my hands are really clean now. I've done this like five or six times just in this message, right? How, how do you, I can do that, but how, how do I do this, right? How do I clean what's inside of here? It's, we don't know how to do it. And that's where I want to, I want to point you back to our text in James, because he gives us, he gives us a clue in the direction we should be looking. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, this is our text, and what? purify your hearts, you, what's that word? Double-minded. That means, again, he's talking about your heart right here, double-minded. A double-minded person is someone who's torn in two directions. And all of us experience this on a daily basis. 
I, I know the right thing to do. I want to do the right thing, but there's a part of me that goes, no, I don't want to. And there's this war going on within us, within our hearts right here. And Paul speaks to this matter in 2 Corinthians 10. I want to show you this. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, he says, for the weapons of our warfare. Did you know that when it comes to cleansing and purifying our heart, there's a war going on. We're in battle. And he says, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. The problem isn't necessarily the person sitting in front of you. The problem isn't out there. And it's not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So what he's trying to say is God will empower you and me to battle against strongholds. You go, what's a stronghold? That's a weird word. If you've seen old, you know, medieval times movies, a stronghold is like, is a big stone fortress with turrets. And on top of it, there are guys with arrows. They're dumping oil, lighting it on fire. Like they're going to do everything in their power. And they are set up perfectly to defend their position. And what Paul is saying is that there are strongholds right here in your mind and in mine. And that we, by the power of God, will do battle against those strongholds in order to break them down and cleanse our our mind and our heart. Here's how he continues. He says, here's how we do it. We destroy arguments. That's, That's up here. And every lofty opinion, also right here, raised against the knowledge of God, how we view and understand God. That battle's happening right here. And he says, this is so powerful. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. Paul says, look, in this battle to purify our hearts, here's what we're going to do. We're going to arrest any thoughts, anything that shouldn't be in our heart, in our mind. We're going to arrest it and send it packing. This is a huge, a huge idea. And I want to share kind of three quick points with you that'll help you to apply this as we go, hey, how do we purify our hearts? How do we guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus? Here's how we do it. First thing you have to understand is that thoughts are not harmless. Thoughts, people think, oh, thoughts, oh, I just thought that, I thought I was hurting that person, but I didn't do it, so it's okay. And certainly, thinking about it and not doing it is better than doing it. But let me tell you something. Thoughts are absolutely not harmless. Thoughts are actually seeds. Murder begins as a thought thievery or stealing begins as a thought. Adultery begins as a thought. Genocide actually begins as a thought in someone's head that is allowed to grow. And sometimes we have these thoughts and we're like, oh yeah, I really wish I could do that. And and you have this thought that comes into your mind and instead of arresting it, instead of taking it captive and sending that thought packing, you don't belong here, right? Instead of doing that, what do we do? We kind of think about it some more. And maybe we don't act on it, but we just kind of let it be there. And it's like if you have a little uh, oak uh, acorn in your backyard and it kind of plants itself in the ground and it begins to grow. And you see it's about this high. And you're like, oh, what a cute little oak tree. That's so pretty. We'll just leave it there. It's not bothering anybody. It's not harming in my yard. It's not creating, uh, you know, unwanted shade. or me- It's fine. Just leave it there. And if you leave it there long enough, guess what happens? <laughs> it grows into an oak tree because that's what it is. It's just a baby oak tree. And when it grows into a full-grown oak tree and it's this big around and its roots are going all over your yard and you decide all of a sudden that this thing is terrorizing your yard, you have no sun in your house and you want this thing gone, guess what? (laughs) It's not as easy as plucking it out anymore, is it? It has become a strong hold. It literally will have a hold of you. And that's when you have to call your friends. 
your small group, two therapists, a pastor, right? Get everyone praying for you with axes and chisels and chainsaws is hard, is painful to try to uproot this thought that has now become a stronghold in your life. So what do we need to do? We need to, number one, recognize thoughts are not harmless. Man, thoughts are, are, are baby everything. Starts small and grows big. So if we take every thought captive when it first arrives, it's painless. Hey, that thought doesn't belong in my mind. You get out of here. I'm not accepting that. Here's the second thing you need to know. Not every thought that you have in your head belongs to you. In fact, I would argue most of the thoughts in your head are not yours. Most of the thoughts in your head were passed on to you by your parents, by the culture, by whatever books you're reading. All of these other people's thoughts have entered into your mind. And, uh, and when we fail to understand that, we embrace those thoughts. We go, oh, that's, I wonder why I was thinking that. And you have to understand that not every thought belongs to you. It's not your thought, right? For some of us, uh, maybe you have thoughts of fear and anxiety. And you're like, oh, just afraid of everything, afraid to change, afraid of well, the government, afraid of just everything. And that fear was actually instilled in you. Those thoughts were given to you by your parents who experienced those same fears. And those fears that they received, those thoughts were actually given to them by their parents who lived through the depression. And now you, three generations later, are living as if you're in the depression because those thoughts were passed on and has become a stronghold. And we got to cleanse and purify our hearts. We take those thoughts that don't belong captive. And if it's become a stronghold, you got to get out that chisel and start taking it down brick by brick, day by day, to renew your mind with the truth. And so when we think that every thought that comes into our mind is ours, we embrace it. But when we understand that many of the thoughts that end up in our mind are not ours... In fact, there's this cool story. One day, Jesus asked his disciples, he says, hey guys, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus turns to him and says, that thought came directly from the spirit of God. I'm amazed. Peter's like feeling like he's the man, like he speaks for God. And in the very next breath, Jesus says, hey, I'm about to die and be crucified. And Peter says, no, not you, Lord. That can't happen to you. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Because that thought came directly from the pit of hell. And so we need to recognize that, you know, one moment we can have a thought that comes from God. And one moment we can have a thought that is an absolute lie and a destructive terror. And we have to learn to recognize them. And we do that by opening up the scriptures, by knowing what God has said, by understanding his plan, by listening to the spirit. And as we mature in our faith, this is one of the signs, by the way, of a mature Christian. They know how to take every thought captive. They know how to recognize a lie when it turns up and they know how to take it captive. They know how to arrest it and send it packing. And so I want to encourage you and me to begin the process. Hey, over the next, uh, over the next month or so, as you take holidays, as you begin your summer plans, would you, would you begin to guard your heart in a new way? I want you to begin thinking to yourself in this way. Where did that thought come from? Right? When, when a thought comes to your mind, it's like, hey, you know, you're a failure. It's like, Where's, where does that come from? Maybe, maybe an older sibling, maybe a teacher, maybe a parent said those words over you and you've let them take root in your heart. But God says, no, no, you're my son. You're my daughter. You're beloved. And you have to begin that war of wrestling with what the truth really is and what you have believed. And that's called taking these thoughts captives. And that's what James is talking about when he says, cleanse your hands and purify your hearts. My hair is going to smell a lot like alcohol, right? So I'm going to go home and Jess is going to be like, what have you been doing? Um, cleanse and wash and purify your heart. 
I want to turn us back to James chapter 4. This is the beginning of the conversation that ends with the cleaning the hands and purifying the heart. Here's what James says. What causes quarrels and fights among you? That's easy. My spouse, my sibling, my in-laws, my parents, my boss. Like, I know where the problem is. I know where the issue is. It's out there. Here's how James says it. He says, is it not this, that your passions, right here, are at war within you. There is a war going on. God has empowered us by his Holy Spirit to take every thought captive. In order to do that, you're going to have to open up this book and begin to read about who God is and what he said about you. And once you've done that, you have to every single day decide to take those thoughts that come in your mind captive and to send them packing and to embrace and let the ones that are true, that God has spoken over you, take root in your heart to grow and flourish and produce fruit. So we're going to sing a song as we close the service uh, called Bigger Than I Thought. And I really want you to listen to these words as you sing them, to think about them. And this song is all about this idea of like we, our minds have all of these things going on. And when we contemplate who God is and what he's done, it should blow our minds. And it should begin to reform and reshape the way we view the world and the way we think and the way we behave from the inside out. So Let's uh, focus on these words. Father, thank you that you are truly bigger than I think, than those watching think. And Lord, for every one of us listening, maybe as we were listening, something came to mind, a stronghold, an idea, a thought that is not true. And we know it's not true, but it's taken up root. It's become a stronghold in our life. And I pray today that, that through recognize it, we can begin to tear down those strongholds and we can guard our heart. And, and as we go through our day, as those thoughts come into our minds that are not true, that are not of you, that we would arrest them, that we would grab them and send them packing. Father, thank you that you've given your Holy Spirit to empower us to do this very thing. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. We'll see you next week.